You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, April 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. And I'd like to begin today's show with a special shout-out to subscribers to this podcast. And if you'd like to join that group, just go to your favorite podcast source and click the subscribe button. And if you do that, we will deliver new episodes to your device each morning as they are posted. As this is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets, we have new episodes each morning, Monday through Friday, through most of the year. On today's show, we are going to talk about the biggest needs the New York Jets have after a free agency, but before the draft. I think of the offseason in the NFL as having three phases. You have the phase before free agency, you have the phase after free agency but before the draft, and you have the phase that's after the draft. Now, the first phase is one that comes when you have the entire offseason at your disposal because you have not signed anybody yet, you still have all of your cap space, you still have all of your draft picks. The third phase comes at a point where your roster is essentially set. Now, maybe you can make a late trade in the summer, or you can find a camp cut to improve your roster. And there are always free agents who sign late, but it's pretty much too late to fix any of your problems in the third phase. The middle phase is where things are a little tricky because free agency is mostly over. And I'll say mostly because, again, there are always players out there who sign late. Maybe they're trying to prove they've recovered from an injury. Maybe they are uh, still waiting for the market that they want to develop. But most of the useful free agents are now gone. There, again, there probably are a couple of guys out there who could help a team, but free agency has mostly been ex- exerted for the New York Jets and for the rest of the NFL. But you have the draft in front of you. The thing that makes this phase tricky is that you're not only looking to fill needs in the NFL draft. In fact, if you have too narrow a focus on your needs in the draft, you can miss out on great opportunities because needs change from year to year. And the draft is your best opportunity to add great players to your roster, players who can help you for a decade. And you see many times in the NFL draft that teams reach for needs and they pass up on players who really could have helped them. And three years after the draft, you don't care that you filled a need. You care that you passed up an impact player three years ago, and you've, you regret passing that opportunity up. So it's a little bit tricky. I, I, I cannot tell you that needs are irrelevant when teams draft. Every team tells you that they always pick the best player available, that they stick with their board. That doesn't always happen, though needs do matter and let's talk about the needs the 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 big needs that the jets have after free agency but prior to the draft and i'm not going to spend much time at quarterback i think we all know the situation there i dedicated an entire show yesterday talking about how the jets probably probably need to move on from sam darnold i'm sure some people probably thought it was pretty obvious other people probably vehemently disagreed with the show but i do think you have to list a quarterback as a pretty big need for this football team and That is for obvious reasons that I've already gone over, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on quarterback. However, we can discuss cornerback on the defensive side of the ball, and i got to be honest with you, I I agreed with a lot of what the Jets did this offseason. I liked a lot of Joe Douglas' moves. I have no idea what Joe Douglas' plan is at corner right now. 
I don't know. I mean, maybe there there still are some guy, a couple of guys out there who might be able to help the Jets. As I, you know, I was ta- just as I just mentioned, there are a couple of guys out there in free agency, and maybe the Jets can get one or two of those guys. I don't think that the top end of free agency was a great uh, situation at corner this year. So I'm glad the Jets did not overspend on somebody. I'm glad we did not see another Trumaine Johnson situation. But there were some viable deals out there to be made, I think. And the Jets did nothing. The Jets, you know, and again, like maybe there's a bigger plan here. Maybe there's somebody out there who can help the Jets, and I will gladly retract this comment. I will gladly amend this analysis if that happens. But I feel like the Jets have to get a stopgap in here because they have nothing at corner. And many people will tell you that they're the two positions that lose you games faster in the NFL with poor play than any other are quarterback on offense and cornerback on defense. Now I know the Jets did upgrade their pass rush and that's going to help whenever you can get to the quarterback, the corners don't have to cover for as long. It makes their life easier. But you told me heading into this off season that or that bless Austin and Bryce Hall would be the two projected uh, starters at this point. Not sure I would have believed you, and I can tell you I probably would not have been happy. Now, I know we still do have the draft, obviously, but uh, sitting at 23, and I'm, we can assume that the Jets are not going to take a corner at two overall, sitting at 23, there's no guarantee one of the top corners is going to fall to the Jets. And this goes back to what I just said. Even if one of the top corners does fall to the Jets, there might be a better value available. You know, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you are reaching for a need. And if there was a better value, there was a better value available. I'd like to see the Jets take that player. And you know, if you have to go with a really, really bad group of corners for one year, that's just the price you pay for a better long-term investment. But I don't like the fact that temptation would be there for the Jets to reach at the corner position. I just don't think it's been handled that well. And you know, you look. You could argue that this corner group is weaker today than it was at the beginning of free agency because, again, Brian Poole is not with the team anymore. Now, I am in the process of still trying to figure out what the plan is at safety here because the addition of LaMarcus Joyner suggests maybe the Jets are looking at like a three-safety base defense, in which case you'd have a safety, maybe Ashton Davis cover the slot. So maybe perhaps that's, that's the way the Jets are looking at things, but outside corner remains every bit the weakness it was a year ago. I think if you're looking at the primary positions that could have been addressed in free agency but were not, that would probably be number one, and it puts the Jets in kind of a tough spot heading into the draft, because you never want to be in a situation where you feel like you have to draft at the position. That's where you make your mistakes, and I kind of feel like that's where the Jets are right now. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing, and we have the Final Four tomorrow, two national semifinal games, a battle between two Texas teams, Baylor and Houston, and the rematch of the Adam Morrison game, UCLA versus Gonzaga. Bet online not only covers sports, it covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost any, anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Friday, talking about the biggest needs that remain for the New York Jets after free agency. We discussed cornerback in the first segment, which was a position that the Jets entered free agency with a big need at and did not address at all. There is a second position that the Jets did not address at all in free agency, despite it being a big need, and that's offensive line particularly the interior of the offensive line where the Jets could use better guard play. This is not a position where I can really give the Jets a ton of criticism, though, for not addressing because there were not a ton of options in free agency. And we've discussed this before. If you go back a few weeks, I was very optimistic about the Jets potentially being able to sign Joe Tooney Last year, the Patriots gave him the franchise tag at the last minute when it seemed like the Jets were going to make a big run at him. And it seemed like he was going to hit the market this year. And since the Jets reportedly were going to make him an aggressive offer a year ago, I figured they would do the same this year. Well, as it turned out, Tooney did hit the market, but he got a contract from the Kansas City Chiefs worth about $16 million, which is really good money for a guard. I mean, look, it's really good money for anybody, but especially for a guard. And when a team like Kansas City is going to pay you top dollar, there's probably not much the Jets are a team like the Jets are going to be able to do. You're going to choose to play for Kansas City. And outside of that, there was not really a very robust market on the interior offensive line. Now, the Jets could have tried to get a, a new center and moved Connor McGovern to guard, but they apparently think McGovern is a better fit at at center. They think that he'll do better in the new scheme. I'm inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt on that assessment. I did like McGovern when he signed a year ago. I thought that he got better as the season progressed. And look, I mean, I think anybody who had a down year last year with the Jets, there were certainly circumstances. I mean, I think it's tough to blame anybody because of how bad that team was as a whole. It was just a down year for almost everybody with a few exceptions. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt with a new coaching staff in place. Maybe McGovern will play better. And, you know, you look at it, I mean, were there any clear upgrades? I I just don't know. I think this was a weak market on the offensive. I think in in general on the offensive line, it's it's a spot where, there is not much quality in today's NFL. It, it, for whatever reason, it's becoming more and more difficult for teams to develop offensive linemen, which means that anybody who's actually good tends to get re-signed by their team and tends not to hit free agency. So it's become a position where you kind of have to do it through the draft. And yes, that puts emphasis on the Jets drafting this year. And as always, I hate going into the draft feeling like I need a certain position. But that's just the way offensive line or offensive lines are built in the NFL. The previous general manager did not invest in the offensive line. It's one of the reasons he's the previous general manager instead of the current general manager. And I said it last year. I, I remember when the Jets drafted Mackay Becton last year. I said this was the first piece of the offensive line. The first, you know, kind of I think I used the phrase down payment. Because if you're going to build one of the top offensive lines in the NFL, you have to invest year after year after year with early picks. That doesn't need to be your top pick. The Jets don't necessarily need to use pick number two on the offensive. They don't necessarily need to use their second first round pick at 23 on the offensive line. But if they don't leave this draft with an 
offensive lineman early. And again, I have my eyes on the interior because I think this guard situation could be improved. Although I do think they could also use an upgrade on George Fant. But it's a spot not just because it's a need, but just because of the way NFL is moving. It's a position where you almost have, and again, I hate saying going into the draft, you need to address a certain position, but based on the way teams are being built in today's NFL, I feel like you almost have to every year come away with one offensive lineman early. And if you skip one year, then the next year you definitely have to get somebody. So, I mean, that's a position, though, where I'm less critical of the Jets because I don't think there was a ton of quality there. I don't think there, there were a ton of great value options there. So I won't criticize them the way I will at corner. Now, some of the other needs are also at premium positions, but they are lesser needs. So for years, when I've done these lists, I've listed edge rusher as one of the top needs. And I don't think it's as big of a need right now, but I think what the Jets need is a second pass rusher. I think on any defense, you want to have three guys who can generate pressure off the edge. You want to have your top guy, you want to have a situational guy, but you also want the kind of the supporting player. I think the Jets have their top guy now, probably Carl Lawson, although you could argue maybe he's the second guy. Maybe they need a a top guy in the draft. They have Vinnie Curry, who's going to be your situational player, and they also have good guys on the interior. You have Quinnen Williams, of course, and Sheldon Rankins. I think they're one player away from this front being something that's really going to be a force to be reckoned with. I I think this is a solid front. I think they have done a good job improving this group. This went from a team where you were not really worried about the pass rush to what could be one of the better pass rushing fronts in the NFL. I think they need one more guy off the edge, though, and that guy probably would come through the draft. And look, the Jets are not going to be able to address all of their needs through the draft this year. That was a point that I've made is that this was more than a one-year build. This team that's going to take the field in 2021 is not going to be a complete roster. You hope it's going to be a vastly improved roster, There are more areas of major need than there are resources to fill them all. And that shows you how much the Jets needed because this team entered the offseason with a ton of resources. And I think for the most part, and again, like I think you can always have criticisms. I'm nobody's perfect. I don't it just because I criticize does not necessarily does not mean that I dislike everything that they're doing. I like a lot of what the Jets are doing. They just can't fill all of their needs in one year. So one of these major needs is going to be unfilled. Will it be corner? Will it be that extra pass rusher who could take this defense to the next level? Will it be offensive line? Something is probably going to have to go unaddressed this offseason. But these are all important needs if the Jets are going to build this to the point where it's eventually a championship caliber roster. We've been telling you for a while now about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is best. It's Built Bar Madness. You may be following the college basketball tournament, which will crown the best team of the year. Built Bar has created its own tournament with a bracket-style competition to crown the best-tasting Built Bar of the year 2021. And to find out more, you can go to BuiltBar.com or to Twitter, at Bar underscore Built. And remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. 
This is the Locked on Jets podcast on this Friday, talking about the biggest needs the New York Jets still have after free agency, but before the NFL draft. In our last segment, I talked about how the Jets could probably use one more edge rusher to take that pass rush to the next level. That said, the Jets did a pretty solid job in free agency addressing the role. And I could say the same thing on the offensive side of the ball. They added some help at wide receiver by signing Corey Davis from the Titans and even Keelan Cole from Jacksonville as the new number four receiver. I still think that even though this is now a solid group, whoever's playing quarterback next year for the Jets is not going to have the issues that have plagued Jets quarterback after Jets quarterback through the years where Jets quarterbacks have not had a functional group of, group of pass catchers. This is a solid group. The, that excuse will be gone. I still do feel like the Jets need some sort of game-breaking player on offense, though. And perhaps that could be somebody like a Denzel Mims in year two. You know, you look at Denzel Mims's numbers in year one, they don't look that impressive at first. But then you have to factor in that he missed time due to injuries, especially hamstring issues. You know, he averaged around 40 yards per game. And... If you look historically at what receivers who have eventually developed into pro bowlers put up as rookies, that's kind of in line. You know, that that's roughly if you take just take it on a per game basis. Now, I know it, being on the field is pretty important itself and Mims had to miss some games, but I don't think his production was that bad last year. So, you know, can he take his game to the next level? And it just makes the offense, it just makes life easier on the offense. And I think that the Jets have actually put themselves in a really good spot at wide receiver. See, I've talked about how the Jets are in a bad spot at like corner and on the offensive line because they kind of have to draft somebody. And if they don't, then they're going to have issues at those at that spot. At receiver, it's different. The Jets don't really have to draft somebody because you've got, you know, Corey Davis and you have Mims and you have Jamison Crowder and Keelan Cole they have a pretty solid group but if somebody falls to you at say 23 or 34 who could be a really big playmaker at the receiver position there's nothing to stop you from drafting that guy and then that that's an ideal situation because the player if he's not ready can spend a year developing on the practice field if they are ready I mean look Jamison Crowder and Keelan Cole are solid players but they're not good enough that you would keep a, a potential difference maker off the field. That's the spot you want to be in. So maybe maybe they draft somebody early. Maybe it's Denzel Mims stepping up. I feel like they could they could use like the game breaking threat. I don't know that there's a game breaking threat on this offense yet. I think that again there are solid guys. This group probably is good enough to get by with. It's it's good enough that it's not a weakness. But you can turn it into a major strength if somebody turns into that type of game-breaking threat at the receiver position, or less likely but possible, maybe tight end, maybe even running back. Although in today's NFL, your game-breakers typically are at the receiver position. There are special players at other spots as well. I think that's something the Jets could use moving forward. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked on Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week to talk more Jets.